It is amazing. What's amazing? Just the freaky things that happen in life to us. <laughs> they happen and mm. the repercussions of what happened. And it's, it's interesting how it fits together, you know? Yeah. It's interesting too, I think, that as a kid, I knew things fit together. And nobody else could, you know, like nobody else really had their finger on that. Maybe we did, like, at, and maybe everybody did have a sense of it, but nobody understood it. So nobody's talking about it. Nobody's oh, no. encouraging. Nobody's. No. We're all in denial. We're, well, and, and in some degrees, I mean, it was, it was quite. Um, we didn't know. Well, it was, it was, it was misinformed and it was disapproved of in some ways, right? So what are we talking about? Just the sense that everything was interconnected and that there was more uh, oh. to our life than people were really aware of. Yeah. Oh, okay. Divine intervention, that sort of thing. Yeah. Freak intervention, or I feel like I've know, like I've had this knowing my whole life. I don't know, like, and I've been sort of wrestling with society's acceptance of it, and 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 sort of in some degrees um, feeling quite separate and and not normal. Like I've never really felt normal. Like I fit in with other people because. Because the things, you know, the alternative health and the things that I believed in was was not accepted. So um, not by the world, but by us, it was. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. By you by you, but and Debbie, yes, yeah. 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 But you know, there were other members in our family that. Oh yeah. Openly rejected and and yeah. um, rebelliously uh, prejudiced the whole um experience for me so so yeah anyway that's a whole other podcast that's true though yeah right. i think uh i don't know that's that's not a bad place to start maybe is these uh these things that are that happened that were you know times where there was divine intervention we may not have been aware of it at the time but you know it it seems to have been that that was the case mm -hmm. and being children of course we aren't playing with a full deck so <laughs> we think we are or but. we're playing with a fuller deck than people realize oh yeah and that was my point is as a child like i wasn't it wasn't appreciated that that i had this sense of divine within me okay in general i'm not saying you didn't appreciate it well no i know i'm I know. saying in general society and and the adults in our family didn't no. appreciate or, or encourage or. Yeah, it was kind of uh, 
kind of not talked about more than anything, I think. Don't you? Oh, yeah. Was Mom, not, Mom not was a sensitive. I'm pretty sure Nana was a sensitive. I believe so. Yeah. But in complete denial. I think she was afraid. Who, Mom or Nana? Nana. Nana. But, yeah. but in the end, like, it, not, I say in the end, but it wasn't the end. It wasn't her no. end. But by the time I was 19 and really diving into things like crystals and um, transcendental meditation and, and stuff like that, um, Nana was open. And she was starting to talk about wanting to go see the Grand Canyon and her interest in Atlantis. And that opened up this whole other sort of um, level that, that her and I were able to relate to each other on. And then I was able to start talking to her about what I was learning in, in some of these classes and courses that I was taking. But, so I feel like as, as little children, she was really closed, but, and maybe it's cause we became, you know, adults and then it became safe for her to be able to relate with us to those things. I don't know. You know what I think? I think she was, I think she thought this was a door that she was afraid to open. And I think, I think that kept her from, uh, you know, talking about it. She didn't even like to talk about this kind of stuff. You know, it, it seemed to be something she was trying to avoid. I could never understand that. Now I can as an adult, but back then I think she might've been afraid that this was something like a Ouija board that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. or, so time frame that for me, if you don't mind. Like, are you are you like are you saying in general across your whole lifetime experience with Nana, or no, just in the beginning yeah, in Tyrone? Childhood, I would say. Yeah, there. I mean, the experience that I had, you know, my I I would recognize it as as my first wake-up call to the idea that adults were not on board to what I was experiencing. So I was having a tea party with my teddy bears and dolls up above the back kitchen. There's like there was an upper level an attic above the garage or something. Sort, sort of thing. Yeah. I'm barely, barely remembering what what it was above. I think it was a garage. It was above the back of the house. So it was above the hallway then. Yeah, right? above, above the house, but in, in the back kitchen, it was above the back kitchen, the whole, there was a whole upper deck. Yeah, okay. That was up there. So I was up there, it's a storage area. There was lots of stuff. Yep. I had dragged a tiny table and four chairs and I had toys and stuff. There was a carpet in the middle of the room and I had dragged this table or we, and I had it set up with my dolls and teddies and we were having a tea party and there was a sunbeam that came through that window and landed right on. And I remember dragging the table into the sunbeam so that it was direct and then having tea with angels 
and and my teddy bears and dolls like it was and i remember being so immersed in that when i was called for lunch and so i got to the table auntie joan uncle ben were there nana grandpa and mom and i started telling the story about what i was doing because somebody said what what have you been doing and and i was told to stop lying stop telling stories and basically completely shut down and i remember sitting at the table being so upset and unable to um tell people that I was speaking the truth. Like they just, there was nobody who was even, anyway, so later Uncle Ben came to me and he said, you know what you said at the table, he said, nobody's gonna understand that. And he said, I want you to know that it's important, it's real, it's your experience and it's okay to have it and it's okay to keep it to yourself, and you should. He said, if you wanna to talk to me about experiences like that, that's fine. Nobody else is gonna understand it, and that's what just happened at the kitchen table. So he said that to me, in, in his own way. That's, that's my interpretation of, what, of what, how that went down. But, yeah. um, <clears throat> but that, <clears throat> reinforced this idea that this divine sense that I had was real and that it was worth protecting. And it sort of helped me set up what I now um, uh, understand as, as a sacred practice. So I have experience and connection with a part of the universe that I don't share necessarily with everybody or you don't understand it. you don't or didn't don't don't necessarily oh. I'm just saying that okay. that after that experience I felt safe to just keep things like that to myself mm -hmm. I felt like I had a real um uh, uh, what validation yeah validation but also almost like a responsibility to mm. um and you know Brené brown has this great <clears throat> she's this researcher um now rob if you don't know her name she has this phrase that says um uh something like people have to earn the right to hear your story she's a vulnerability researcher will have to earn the right to hear your story yeah so it it basically means you don't have to tell your story to everybody or anybody you only tell your story to people who you feel safe to tell your story with and that's a way to protect your 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 vulnerability oh. it's a it's a way to protect yourself protect yourself yeah and and to give yourself permission to choose keep private who, who things you're going to be vulnerable <laughs> with who you're going to be open with yeah what year were you born 61 61 yeah bye 
been what six. did you ask? You would have been six at the oldest. So you're between one and six. No, you were less than that. You're born in in Tyrone, Maria. No, apparently I was born in Pickering Beach. We found that out last week. No, I know, but you were living in Tyrone. No, I moved to Pickering Beach, or sorry, moved to Tyrone uh, when with one. When I was one, yeah, in '62, you guys moved there, according to our. Okay. At some point, I don't know when. So, I think uh, I was less than a year old because I was born in November. Yeah, because if Dad was with us for less than a a month when we did move to Tyrone, that would make sense been conceived after that <laughs> they weren't getting along so well yeah which you know it just also makes sense to you know I was I was um, I am very sensitive to loyalty and um, betrayal and um, I, I, I feel it on a cellular level, and I'm struggling right now with a particular betrayal that happened just a few years ago that I can't get rid of. I can't seem to shake it, and I think it's connected to this deeper sense of betrayal that I might have picked up on in Europe. My first memory, I believe, I was a baby being passed from arm to arm in the living room of Tyrone. I don't know why I think it's in the living room of Tyrone, but I Whose house? Ours or Nana's? Um, the half uh, closest to the to the long part of the veranda. Our own that half. <laughs> that would have been our half, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where I remember. I remember being, but I, I, it, it. The only thing I really remember is noticing how each person smelled different, and and I was picking up. Um, different things from them and I was put into somebody's arms immediately panicking I was panicking and I and started, started <laughs> to get away from that person and then I remember uh, being put into somebody else's arms and just feeling so relaxed just like melting in just and the smells and the, like I, I just remember being and, and visually, I was looking at their, a, a close-up of their fabric. And I, like I remember noticing that everybody's fabric looked so different. And, oh. and that memory came to me in college when I was doing a commercial art course. I had something similar to this. This is a linen test. Well, it, my thing was a linen tester. This one is for photographs. Yeah. But it's a it's a magnifier. 
Nap tester, isn't it? What? Nap tester. This one is for photographs. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But my the one I had is for uh, uh, offset printing purposes. It's for looking at the dot, the mid, yep. Yep. the dot. Anyway, so, but in college, I you know just put this up to my eye and started looking at my cloth, looking at my arm, and then realizing every time I did that, it looks. So, and then I re and then I remember the memory came back. Right, just that the faint memory of of remembering and and noticing that everybody's fabric was different well i feel like i've just told sort of two of my initial stories so why don't you guys talk about your initial rememberings from tyrone okay you want to go ahead there deb no you go ahead rob Oh no! <laughs> I don't. I don't have anything that's jumping out at me that needs to be told at this moment. Yeah. I mean, I have lots of little memories of Tyrone, but like me getting you. I'm sorry. Like what? Me getting you started on smoking. <laughs> Up in the cornfield. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> Kid shit, boy, oh boy. I mean, it's, it's kind of neat that I, you know, had the ingenuity or whatever, but on the other hand, it didn't make it right. Of course, we didn't think it was actually bad for your health back then. Yeah. yeah, well, nobody did, right? We just wanted to be treated like adults, I think. <laughs> that was a corn cob pipe. Yep. Sure was. <laughs> and mum's leftover butts, the yep. tobacco you put yeah. into the pipe, and yeah, we smoked it. Ew. I was five, Rob. I was five. Are you? Yeah, I yeah. must. So that makes me eight? Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I started stealing the cigarette butts. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. I started smoking then. Yep. Yeah. What? Yes. Not not like ongoing on a regular. Yeah. What? Like at least two or three butts a week. That's I mean not not a full time smoker, but that is when I consider myself starting smoking. Not the first time I tried it. Five. Five. I really liked it. I liked the taste. I liked the feeling it gave me. Yeah, yeah. Me too. That's when I started too. Yep, oh, the good old days. <laughs> and wow. I stopped. I stopped October 2012. So you do the math. Congratulations yep. on that. <laughs> Well, yeah, it almost killed me. Yeah. Yeah. I used to like my voice. I don't anymore. You have a nice voice. You got the same voice. Okay. I love your voice, too. I don't find nice, it. You got yeah. a nice voice. It's pleasant. I don't, I don't find it sounds it's ageless to me. <laughs> um, yeah. 
and and I love too that you know <laughs> mom in the end didn't recognize me to see me but if I called her on the phone she knew my name she knew my she knew my voice so it's like you know I grew old she, yeah. she lost the ability to recognize me but my voice really didn't change yeah. And she always remembered who, who it was if I called. Well, that's obviously once she moved into the Belleville home that I didn't, yeah. I never called her. Hastings Manor, yeah. Yeah. I remember, remember when we were visiting her at Hastings Manor, we were just, uh, what do you call that word? Not mumbling, but. Mm -hmm. Babbling. Babbling. Gibberish. 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 <laughs> that was it. Um, she was, she, we'd, we'd be, we'd talk to her and she'd be talking back to us, but it would be gibberish that she was talking back to us. And, uh, and then we, uh, somebody, somebody started singing a bit of a tune or something like that. And, and uh, all of a sudden she was able to sing right along with no problem at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were all kind of looking at each other in amazement and uh, like, what the hell was that? You know, out of the blue, all of a sudden, mom's fine. What? And uh, we all looked at each other and then uh, I think we all said karma at the same time. That floored us all. Uh, it was mom that said karma. Was it? Yeah. yeah it was yeah. mom. But I don't know if Debbie was there for that. No, I wasn't. No? She was, she was, so what I remember of that situation was she was, she was babbling yeah. and we were kind of just, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And she just kept babbling and babbling as if she was full on in conversation, telling us a story. And then all of a sudden she said the word karma and it struck her. And it and we all kind of went because it was the first actual word that she said, and she stopped talking at that point, and we all kind of started laughing. But with mum, it was almost like that's the word that was gibberish to her. Yeah, yeah, it tied it all together. It tied it all together. Yeah. It was amazing. That was. That was. So it was. It was like the whole time she was speaking gibberish. In her mind, she was saying words, and it was making sense. But that word that she actually said that was a word that made sense made her stop and laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Because she realized. I think we all realized. I think we all laughed. We all did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. That makes you wonder. So many different parts of the brain interconnected that, you know, that we aren't aware of. Mm -hmm. We aren't aware of. Mm -hmm. I think, I think my first memory was, uh, was in the barn. I don't know if I was playing in the greenery. Uh, I remember uh, we used to, we didn't, 
Nan and Gramps rented the field out to, <clears throat> I think it was Woods, or maybe the, uh, might be the Vanikes, I'm not sure. Uh, one of them, I think Woods was corn, and I think Vanikes was wheat. Um, that they stored it. I think Grandpa got uh, Vanikes to come and and uh, basically uh, um, harvest the oats in the backyard, and they used to put it in the granary barnyard. But I think it's uh, Vanikes did that for Nan and Gramps at the time. And it was some kind of a deal, you know, give and take deal. I don't know if they got some of the grain or how that exactly worked. But I remember hiding in the granary and uh, while they were putting grain in it <laughs> and thinking to myself, you know, this, this is neat, you know, cause you can, uh, it, it's just like, being uh, weightless or something like that when you're in there and you're, you know, swimming around in the grain. <laughs> um, I had a uh, burlap sack that I was using to cover up my uh, face with so that I could breathe without getting the uh, dust and, uh, and another stupid kids thing, you know. Like I didn't realize how dangerous it was, um, but it was it was you know learning learning how to stay afloat <laughs> instead of sinking. Just like sinking sand, if you move, you sink. If you lay flat on your back, you float. As long as you you know stay on your back when you have the small movements and stuff, that was that was, that was fun. Things got a little panicky when uh, they couldn't find me for a while because I got in there fine, but I couldn't get out. <laughs> so, so it, and it wasn't the grain that was keeping me back. The uh, the the granary shed uh, up by where up in front of the compost pile. Um, it was fucked up, I think, and I, I couldn't get out for a while. They, I eventually did, but. And there was no harm done or anything. And then I was drilled about how dangerous it was that I'd just done. And but, and I didn't do it again. But it was fun at the time. <laughs> I have a vision of you surfing the surface of the green <laughs> on your burlap sack. <laughs> oh, I had the I had the burlap sack like I pulled yeah. it up so I can put it. <clears throat> and eyes and stuff. Oh, Daisy, stop it. <laughs> I'm just going to throw a sweater on for a second. Yeah. <clears throat> so one of the uh, one of the neatest things I think I remember about Tyrone was uh, was actually making the go-karts with Randy and then uh, using it to um, uh, 
Phillips's grandma around in town with the uh, cart, letting her take a ride and stuff. And, uh, you know, how much joy that gave her to be able to, you know, play like that again when she was the age she was. She had to have been up into her 90s or something. And I was and everything. And uh, she'd, she would steer and I'd push her with a stick from behind the cart and she had a riot. It was great. But I thought you know, that's one of the, one of the first things I can remember where I, I realized, you know, how, how nice it was for me to be helping somebody else, you know, um, that was, that was pretty neat. Happy about that. And Claire, attention. Eh? Positive attention. Yeah, yeah. And Clara, who used to walk by, you know, um, our house all the time and leave either bananas or ice cream on the front step when she went by from the store. And I was like, you know, mom, mom explaining to us that she's not all there. And uh, because of that, I think a lot of the time I used to walk her home. So I don't know. <clears throat> why that was either but uh it was it was uh i remember clara but where was home for her i don't remember that her home was across from the church across from the church i remember that yeah little white house oh, set, okay. set back just the other side of uh just the other side of the um community. Orange Hall. Yeah. on the side of the school yeah. No, no, no. Further up the hill. Yeah. But yes, but on that side, side of the street. The on yeah, the same was... side of the road as the school. Is what yeah. it. Yeah. 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 He lived across from Mr. Fair. Sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. He lived beside the church. <clears throat> on the other side of where the Saint Bernard and the monkey lived. <laughs> I mean Randy Phillips? I don't know. I yeah. just know the animals. I know where all those I know I remember where the Chihuahua lived. I remember the dog that lived right beside us. Yeah. 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 If I thought hard enough, I'd probably come up with the Chihuahua's name. I think it might have been Chico. I have no idea. <laughs> it was. I think so too, eh, Deb? Yeah. Was that the old man just before the entrance to the park? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. As well. But yeah, I believe it was. And yeah. and I had a memory of the honeysuckles the other day. Um, something came up and I was talking about something and then um, oh it was a it was a we were doing a virtues pick and, and we picked the acceptance card which has picture of a day lily on it or some kind of a lily orange lily and it looks just like the honeysuckles remember we used to pop the heads off and suck the nectar from those yep in front of the park yeah i do love that <clears throat> that's a great little town mm -hmm. so what's your best memory deb what's your what's your your most memorable memory from 
I remember lots of little snippets of things, but <clears throat> I don't have a best or a favorite. What are your snippets then? <laughs> Come on, spill it. <laughs> um, feeling outcast. Um, feeling segregated. <clears throat> Everybody. I only had one friend and she was kind of, yeah. Who was that? Leanne Vivian. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> I remember getting my fingers slammed in the in the door at her birthday party at the one time I was ever at her house. <clears throat> I remember being beat up at the school. What? <clears throat> mm -hmm. By who? I don't remember. Dale Vivian, I think, but I don't really remember. No. I mean, some of the snippets that are good, I remember eating peas in the garden, and I remember Nana's gooseberry bushes, and riding my tricycle up to the store and buying a pack of cigarettes for mom for 35 uh, cents. For how much? 35 cents. Yeah, yeah. And I told it to put it on my bill. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. He put it on our check yeah yeah and i remember thinking i wonder if i can steal a couple of these cigarettes and would mom ever notice <laughs> you see that because i started smoking at the age of five yeah yeah i remember cooney yeah being hung in the tree yeah i didn't see that i, I did that. i Maybe. did oh so talk about Cooney just for context. Nana, I guess, had a pet raccoon and she kept it on a lead or a chain. Yeah. I think it was just a leash, but on the pear tree in the backyard. Yeah. And I went out one morning and it was hanging out of the tree and it was dead. Jumped off a branch onto the ground, but it couldn't reach the, the ground on a leash. Yeah. I remember Nana's cat always being pregnant. And the kittens eating the baby rabbits that were found one. When Grandpa and whoever he rented the, the fields to were doing the combining, they found baby rabbits and you kept them, Rob. Uh-huh. Built a cage for them and you had a rooster. Yeah, Banty rooster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> rooster crowed the next morning, scared the shit out of the rabbits. Rabbits got out of the cage and the cats ate them. <laughs> and all that was left were the heads of the baby rabbits. Yeah. Like, yeah, I love living in Tyrone. Oh yeah. All the good stuff happened there. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <sighs> I remember chasing dad down the road. Oh, yeah. 
And that's when I learned he lied. Yeah. Uh, Tell that story. He was coming to pick us up, and it was my birthday. And <clears throat> I don't know. I guess he was. I was expecting a party or something. I don't know what I was expecting, but and then him and six. I think you were five or six. Yeah, I think I was five. I don't know. My memory tells me everything bad happened to me when I was five. So <laughs> it was not a good time. Anyway, um, and he and Nana got into some argument or something, and or and I don't remember him yelling at Mom. I just remember Nana yelling at him and telling. And he said, "That's it. I'm leaving." And he got in his car and he drove away. And I ran after him. I remember running down the street calling for him, you know. <clears throat> and he stopped the car and he came out and he picked me up and I said that but I thought I was coming with you because it's my birthday and I wanted to go with you. And he said I would never leave you like that and I'm, I'm thinking you were driving away what do you mean you weren't gonna leave me like you were leaving me like you know and it was like that thought process in my head that's when i knew dad lied <clears throat> so and i don't remember whether i got in the whether he took me then or i think he did i think i did end up spending the weekend with him but yeah, yeah. But yeah. I remember the chasing. I remember it was your birthday. I remember you had a new dress on and new shoes and you were chasing the car and I was chasing you. And I remember your heartbreak. I remember feeling that but I don't remember that you left without me yeah so I don't know that you went with dad unless he took both of us maybe maybe I don't I don't think so I I don't remember him stopping <clears throat> I just remember running after you, you running after the car. And I remember you yelling, Daddy, don't leave me. It's my birthday. And then, but I don't remember him stopping. Yeah, I don't remember anything past that. Yeah, powerful stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and the heartbreak, I think, you know, we talk about, <clears throat> talk about trauma and we think about accidents and tragedy and violence and conditions that are 
catastrophic, you know, when we think of the word trauma. But that experience for both of us was traumatic. That shifted so much for me. It informed and 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 set beliefs up in me that probably I still carry to this day. I remember your heartbreak, and that's the thing I think that um, you know it was never spoken about that I remember. And there was no time. I mean, I just knew that you, your heart was breaking. I, I could tell, right? Yeah. She's crying. But the, yeah. And there was, there was one point where, you know, separation and bonding and whatever happens. But I, I think I bonded, I think I bonded with you, Debbie, more than I bonded with mom. And then and then eventually bonded with Nana more than anybody. So at, at that point, I kind of felt like you and I were the same, like I was feeling your feelings. Mm. I knew it was you he was leaving that day. It wasn't me. Right. Even though he was leaving me <clears throat> too. Yeah. But it was Not your birthday. Not yeah. So it's like I wasn't feeling my own pain, I was feeling yours. And I'm sorry, I don't remember you chasing me at all. <laughs> yeah, well, how would you have known I was even there? I mean, yeah, exactly. Immersed your in your own trauma, for God's sake. Focus would have been on dad. Yeah. yeah. But, it, you know, these are the things that we don't really realize when we talk about trauma and the conditions that set us up to be adults. We don't think about all these little sacred wounds, these places in our lives that we actually, you know, shamanically we talk about them being fragments. Like, so when, when a trauma like that happens, there's something that happens in your psyche. This is assumed, obviously, it's just facts around this. But the assumption is that there's something that happens to us and a sliver of our pure spirit gets protected away and it, and it takes with it the innocence and and all of the uh that childlike um um miss uh so how, how do i explain this so it's, it's more like it takes, it takes the confusion. It takes the confusion and it separates it from us so that we're not left thinking about the confusion. It just, it just gets compartmentalized. So it doesn't actually separate from us. It just, com it just goes into almost like a different area of our memory or our being and 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 eventually if we have enough traumas that happen that that's that fragmentation that splintering it actually starts uh depleting us like we start losing touch with ourselves in some ways and and the the practice but yeah <clears throat> uh, i think 
I think one of my first memories of, of uh, Tyrone and dad was uh, when I was, when dad, I'm not sure if dad was still with us at the time, or I think he was coming for a visit. I'm not sure. He might have been still living with us at the time. Uh, this would have been the month that he was still living with us in Tyrone. And uh, I, uh, I was up in the bedroom looking out the window and I thought I saw an elephant next door. <laughs> I remember hearing the story. A real elephant, right? So uh, I'm all excited and freaking out because I can't next door in the in the uh, beside the next door neighbor's uh, house. It was just like, what the hell? And uh, I'm trying to explain it to dad and he goes, oh, Rob, what are you? There's no elephant next door. There is soul. I just saw it, you know, and I, I uh, you know, I ended up taking him by the hand and uh, dragging him over to Mrs. McCoy's house, right over to the sidewalk, uh, 20 feet from it. And I said, there, see, it's an elephant. <laughs> and it wasn't an elephant at all. It was Mrs. McCoy trying to start her lawnmower. And she had her ass towards us and... Uh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was a little embarrassing. <laughs> That's hilarious. It was, but I saw an elephant is what I saw in my mind. I think it's the only time I really, really uh, let my imagination really get carried away. That was, that was it. <laughs> Pretty funny. After the fact. I don't think Mrs. McCoy particularly cared for me after that <laughs> she was able to hear you know so she knew all what was going on and uh Oops. she took it well considering <laughs> but, uh, that was one of my first memories and i think the next one was uh was a traumatic experience was because uh we we had uh We'd been to visit dad on a weekend uh, after he'd left. And uh, when I was at their place in Oshawa, at dad's place in Oshawa, we'll call it, um, his wife told me that if I went to bed at their place, that she'd gonna smack me across the mouth so hard it would make my head spin. And uh, I stayed awake that whole night, and eventually I did fall asleep, and I wet the bed. And, and, and you know, I was a bedwetter back then, so, um, yeah. you know, I didn't have any control over it. Yeah. And, uh, next time, nothing nothing happened. I mean, you know. Did he slap you? What's that? He didn't slap you? Not then, no. The next time we went to... Uh, go for a visit I didn't want to go because um, because why and I had to explain myself and I did explain myself I explained that this is what Doris had told me and uh, then uh, dad turns around smacks me right across the mouth knocks me right across the kitchen right across the kitchen and he said that's for lying 
lie at all. I was I was traumatized. Devastated. I was I didn't know I didn't know what was really going on, but I felt that my threatened big time. That felt what? That my life was in, in jeopardy. You know, he was he was now a threat. And uh, I went running off out of the kitchen up into the barnyard and hid behind a 40-gallon rain barrel at the corner of the barn and waited uh, with an axe behind my back, both hands on the axe, <laughs> waiting for him to peek his head around the corner and find me. Because when he found me, I was going to take the problem right there on the spot. And... Uh, Sat there for probably three and a half hours, four hours, and uh, thank God uh, he didn't come looking for me. So I didn't know any of the other repercussions that had happened. But it, Mom called the cops, and rightfully so. And uh, that um, nothing happened and, and I kept that a secret you know what I had done and how I had prepared myself you know I'm, I'm basically traumatized I just want to I just want to be able to defend myself and <clears throat> survive mm -hmm. really and uh, you know you're talking about a kid's a kid's brain not a not an adult's brain so you know, I'm 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 lucky. He's lucky. Everybody's lucky, I guess, in in a sense. But uh, that really confused me for a long time. You know, yeah. uh, that he was that he had that sort of mentality in his brain, you know, and and that told me that he was going to take uh, whatever she said over anything I said, which meant that I meant nothing, you know, in my own mind. Uh, to them. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I think that was pretty traumatizing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just I'm so glad that uh, that he never showed up because I I I don't think I would have uh, held back at all. I don't think I would have held back. That kind of haunts me. On the other hand, you know, it was a, a momentary thing that, uh, you know, he kind of called upon himself in a way, um, you know, by doing that, it was just stupid. On his part. Well, he's protecting, you know, putting, putting her over his child putting here and it, it's it's crazy how often parents do that they they put the, the the partner first and the children second yeah and themselves third sometimes mm. you know in some situations but it's it's uh, it's incredible. It was that was true back then that's exactly the way it was back then he was putting himself third I think he's putting himself first. His no, he was taking her word. 
his yes. partner next over everything. Yeah. Yes, but yeah, he's putting himself. But first. not for her sake, but for his own yeah. sake. Not for, for his her. own sake, he believed her story, not not yours. And that that was self-serving. Because yeah. yeah. he didn't want to lose her for whatever reason. Yeah. So Barb's right. He put himself oh, yeah. first, his needs first. Could be, yeah. That's that's a narcissistic thing to do. <laughs> and and I think what he did to you was a direct uh, example of gaslighting. Of what? Gas. It's called gaslighting. Gaslighting. Okay. It's it's where it's he where they deny reality. They deny reality. They deny the truth of the reality. And and yeah. it leaves confusion. Yeah. But well, it can. Well, yeah. normally it, it it almost 100% of the time will. Because, especially in a child who has to take authority from their parent, or were taught to, and then, and then, yeah, yeah. It's a form of gaslighting. Yeah. We've just been talking about Tyrone and some of these, and for Debbie, you know, there's really not been very much in terms of good experience. Like a lot of stuff happened before you were five, like as you were saying, right? Or at yeah. five or whatever. So. And I'm not even going to mention the elephant in the room. Yeah. But I think maybe it should be mentioned. I don't know. Yeah, but what's the elephant in the room? I just told I an elephant story. Elephant there for me too, Randy. <laughs> what Randy did to me in Tyrone. Yeah. What Randy do to you? He molested her. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my God. You never. You knew that. No, I didn't. I remember you. I remember you telling me about something that had happened, and you weren't sure if it was Randy or me. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. But. but uh, well, if it wasn't you, it was Randy. Yeah. Well, I know, but. Yeah. But I never, I never knew about the uh, the details about what it was that it supposedly happened. So that would make sense. Yeah, it's, it's like. Uh, well, there, I gave no, I disclosed no details when I said molesting. So just to say that. Yeah. So don't, yeah. Don't, don't, no. form, don't form conclusions because no. it was said. Back then, I suppose, which doesn't make it right. <clears throat> No, it was definitely molestation. He thought I was asleep. He snuck into the room, removed my panties, no interfered way. with me, and he thought I was still asleep. <clears throat> but, Stupid thing to do. Yeah. And, I I that, and that went on for months. It wasn't just one time event. It went on for months. What? Until... I don't know, Barb 
I told Barb something and Barb told mom something. You told me a like, secret. Yes, yeah. yeah. You told me a secret and you made me swear to not tell. Yeah. <laughs> and Barb before. <laughs> I felt I needed to override the decision. You always do. <laughs> I, I'm you glad I did though. I'm, I'm glad I did. Yeah, I am. I'm glad I did because it needed to stop. Absolutely. So. Unfortunately, all it did was it stopped it, which is good, but that's it. Nothing else happened. Nobody ever talked to me. And as far as I know, nobody ever talked to Randy and nothing changed except it stopped. How did it stop? They must have talked to Randy. Yeah, they must have talked to him. Yeah, but he was still, they didn't remove him from the house or anything. No. They didn't make him go away. No, they don't do that. <laughs> they usually the child and make sure that the kid's head's screwed on for the future and the rest of the kid's life. And, you know, and how did they do that? I don't know. I'm not Randy. Something sure as hell should have been done. Right, but I don't think anything ever was. No? No. I didn't know anything about that. Yeah. I well, don't know. I knew, like I said, I knew there was something that had happened, but it was, a, it was a memory way back, and I don't think you could recall at that time who it was when I heard about that piece of it. And no, I think it was the fact that I never opened my eyes, so I couldn't say for sure but <clears throat> that would make sense too i was 98 percent positive it was randy yeah, yeah just because of the noises that he was making and stuff like that but <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. but anyway yeah and so for me too like i i'm almost 100 percent sure that i was interfered with before i was well, before we moved to Manila. Really? Mm -hmm. There was a, there was a, I have a memory of sitting on an adult's knee in the living room and moving like he liked it and then being scolded for doing that and being really confused because I was um doing what he liked and, and you were led to believe it was okay yeah. yeah yeah and then scolded for the same thing so i i just i remember the confusion more than anything yeah. i remember the riding like riding on the knee on the leg and then i remember it feeling good and i and then i remember the Yeah, that's one, one memory. But I also was way, way too sexually promiscuous mm -hmm. to not be. Like I, I knew too much. Like I, I, I had thought I had sexual thoughts and, 
and knew too much for a child of that age. Like I was obviously encouraged or shown or groomed or um, whatever you want to call it. Where did I learn that? Like I was uh, so young. No idea. I think kids are, are naturally promiscuous like that. Yeah, but no, but not, not to that degree. I was. I didn't say it was to that degree. Yeah. I'm saying I think it's natural for kids to be curious, and there's there's nothing wrong with these to a to a point. There's nothing wrong with you know curiosity. Watching yourself, for instance, and thinking to yourself, "Geez, that feels good," or something like that. You know. But. <laughs> I think Barb could be right. Oh, I didn't she, say she was wrong. She was woken up too early. Yeah. yeah well, I know that's the big impact it had on me was I was just woken up way too early. Yeah. <clears throat> that and the, the mistrust and yeah. You know, yeah. He didn't hurt me, but he just took advantage of you and Well the mistrust is there for me too because I don't know who it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably was Randy then. I don't oh, know that. I mean, I, no I in no the knee, well, the knee situation, I think was a man. I don't remember it being yeah. a boy, like my brother. Yeah. I know who it wasn't. Pardon? <laughs> I know who it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'm afraid that's about all I can really say on it. The hell oh, of a <laughs> to land it on. We each had our own take on things that happened in Tyrone. I could keep going if I wanted to go down that sad, lonely lane way, but. <clears throat> I think I, my con the worst things in my conscience, I think, are out. <laughs> yeah. The rest of it was just life, you know, experience and growing and child. Well, and this podcast isn't about, you know, disclosing all the worst things either. Oh. No. We want it to be a, a balance of all of it, so. Mm -hmm. Growing thing, right? You grow from all this stuff. You do. You and do. As, as hard as it is to see, um, in order for us to be happy within ourselves, we have to come to terms with it all. And uh, or else we're not going to be happy. This is the personal beliefs of the podcasters and not necessarily an endorsement of the activity. 